0: Hi there and welcome to Emmanuel. This is our conversations podcast where we spend a bit of time talking about the type of people that we want to become in our communities and in our homes. We hope that this encourages you to live a little bit more like Jesus taught us. God bless you. Well, hello. My name's Micah, and I'm here today with Corey. Hi, everyone. And this is our Conversations Podcast, where we, uh, we try and sit down every couple of weeks and talk about the type of place that we want to be. And we're glad that you tuned in with us today. We're going back to uh, a document that we started talking about a long time ago. Uh, it must be at least a year now. Uh, that we call the Values Document here at Emmanuel. It's uh, a time that we sat down, and the Deacons team helped us write out some values that we want to see lived out in our community, that if, if our fellowship had a personality, this would be some of the personality traits, some of the habits that we all have together that work together to make us who we are. Over the last while, we've talked about a number of them. I think this is our, our eighth value that we want to talk about. I will try and uh, bring back to the surface on our Facebook page the link to this values document, so if you want to read over it, if you haven't seen it before, uh, that should be near the top of our Facebook page by the time this goes live. But today, we wanted to talk about um, what in our primary values we list as value number five, not that it's uh, a ranking of importance, but we want to have the value of praying, uh, prayer and petition and thanksgiving here at Emmanuel. And Corey, I wonder if you want to... Just briefly talk about what that means, what that looks like. If I'm walking in for the first time to a church, what do those three words mean to me?
1: Okay, I'm going to read this section here, and we're going to probably expand on it and go a little bit further than it as well to talk about prayer, especially as a church. Uh, But it says this, We will make prayer a regular practice in making every decision as a body. As we see God at work, we will remember to say thank you, just as Jesus prayed, Father, I thank you. John 11, 41. So, How can we do things like increase the prayer temperature of our church? How does prayer fit into decision-making here at Emmanuel Baptist Church? How does prayer even fit into my own life? Uh, Because it just so happens we're right now, uh, as you listen to this podcast, in the life of our church, we're doing a message series called In Tune, where we're talking about the values of the spiritual disciplines, how important it is for, as I said on Sunday, God to be doing something in us as and even before he's doing something through us. So this really is timely, I think, in the life of our church today, for those of you who are listening to this uh, in uh, 2016.
0: Yeah, if you want to uh, catch up with that series, you can jump over to the other podcast that we put out, which is just the uh, the teaching uh, that happens weekly here at Emmanuel in our main service. So that's our uh, teachings podcast. You can find it on our website and look for the In Tune series, and you'll be able to tag along.
1: Now, just as we start this out, I, th- I think it's really good to reflect on the life and the words of Jesus in, in spring forth for every topic that we're looking at. But I'm thinking today, I was just reminded of this thought that when Jesus in John chapter two, he goes and out, overturns the uh, money changers tables mm. and he goes and it seems like he cleans house and he's filled with uh, a sense of of divine justice, that no, this is not what God's work is supposed to be all about, and we can extrapolate it to the church. He said that they had made it into a den of robbers, but he said it's supposed to be a house of prayer. Yeah, And that's sticking with me right now as I think about how can we make Emmanuel Baptist Church a house of prayer? Interesting, too, to link that with a story. Just a couple of months ago, and I know, Micah, you were... Uh, in india having i'm sure a fantastic time but we gathered together a group of leaders to start to think about how we might begin to kick the ball down the road with respect to our vision of making this a place where we do whatever it takes to help people find jesus one of the things that was identified by our leaders consistently must have been in three four five times it was identified was prayer that we needed to spend more time praying together so this just seems to be a timely topic. Uh, how, how can we pray? How can we listen to God more uh, when it comes to making decisions? So how do we, uh, and I know I'm probably full of more questions than answers here. I think most of us know that we begin and end every business meeting and every meeting of our church. We begin and end with prayer. And I don't know about you, Micah, but sometimes it can feel a little bit we have to work hard that it doesn't feel just perfunctory.
0: Yeah, that it's not just habitual. So, if you haven't been to a church meeting uh ever in your life, you might the the joke would be that you should consider yourself blessed, but usually church meetings are actually, especially here at Emmanuel, there can be a lot of good things in them. But in uh in almost every church I've ever been a part of, like you say, every meeting starts with a now Corey, would you lead us in a, in a quick word of prayer please? And mm. Uh, usually in those contexts, the important part is the, the quick, would you please lead us in a quick word of prayer? We've got to get down to the real business here. And then at the end, we usually stop and we pray and we say, th- thank you to God that he's going to bless everything that we decided to do in the last two hours. And that's what a, a church meeting often feels like. It, it I don't know that any actually looks like that, but it often feels that way.
1: So let's think about how do we want our meetings? How do we want whether we're gathering together to strategize over something or we're gathering together to plan an event or we're gathering together to have a hard conversation about how maybe we're not seeing eye to eye right now? How do we weave prayer, petition and thanksgiving into that? And I've seen some healthy things around our fellowship, um, especially in deacons meetings that that we've had. Uh, we regularly take time to worship worship in song but also um spend a little bit more extended times of praying and just this last deacons meeting we uh did a little bit of a different thing where we all split off for about 10 minutes on yeah. our own and well maybe 10 or 15 minutes and we uh, we did a prayer pattern uh individually and then we came back together and talked about what that was what that was like
0: one of the things I've seen at deacons that's a little bit unusual is that, at least in my experience, is that it's not uncommon when we get to a problem where it feels like we've gone in a circle a couple of times or nobody seems to know the way forward. We've got a couple of friends who will pretty habitually stick up their hand and go, can we stop and pray for a little bit, please? Mm. And uh, this idea is that we really want to be a place led by the Holy Spirit not one that gives tacit acknowledgement that there should be this thing out there that exists called the holy spirit and maybe it might influence us sometimes and yeah. i really i'm enjoying seeing this not only just the extended time of prayer and worship at the beginning where we're trying to get ourselves sorted out and and on the right path with god and the time of rejoicing at the end but this this fact that woven throughout the entire process is a we don't know what to do we we've stop and ask him again.
2: Mm. I think that's so healthy uh, and we need to keep doing that more. And so I'd, that's a way I'd like us to grow uh, in times to come. So w- when we're even at the cusp of talking about an important issue um, or when we've started to talk about it and it's got like we're trudging through a couple feet of snow, then we, we've got to break ourselves and say we got to listen to God here. we got to take time to recognize and invite God deeper into that conversation.
3: And this doesn't mean that there's some like super secret mystic pattern that we, we perform to discern the God, God's will. I was in a meeting, uh, before I went to India and it was a bit of a, a difficult situation trying to figure out what God wanted to do. There was, uh, some personalities and some egos on the line and, Mm -hmm. Uh, I remembered a, a book I was given nearly a decade ago that I think it was even called discerning God's will and it, it wasn't rocket science. The guy said, when you get together and you have a, a problem and this is, I mean, there's many ways to do it. This is what we did that uh, day. Uh, we laid out the problem. We asked that God would speak to us and then we all went away for a couple of minutes. And we prayed hmm. five or 10 minutes later, we came back and we all said, well, it feels like God's telling us this feels like God's telling me that. And we were all on the same page and, uh, there's a little bit of, uh, you know, each person brought a little bit more of the piece of the puzzle. I, I feel God saying this. And while we do that, that this would be like, we need to watch for this or watch for that. And it, it was really, uh, fun to be a part of a process where God helped us lay our egos aside and, and listen to him and what he was doing
2: that's a great example and i think that i'd love to see that played out in all sorts of rooms uh decision making rooms around our our church i i get the the feeling and this is i think we need to be really honest about this and candid about how we fall short in this area because we have a lot of meetings mm. in our churches in this church in particular too And I think we should all really feel concerned if, and I do get the impression this happens, that we talk too much to ourselves and with each other and not enough to God. And so we got to find a way to, to truly change that imbalance that we have. Because if we're just... Talking to each other, and no doubt God can talk through each of us, and he has many times. But our single ear has to be towards God. And and so in two ways. Number one, we need to take time, even as groups, to talk to God and ask him directly. Just ask him questions, not ask him to bless what we already think. But then not only that, but there is a great discipline in listening to God speak through others and that's a tricky one because sometimes God isn't speaking through me. Uh sometimes I'm just putting it out there. Yeah. Uh and kind of like Paul said, uh he even he even writes a little bit about this that. This is
3: of Paul, not of the spirit. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And this is my opinion, not God's.
2: We have to be really discerning about that. But as as much as we need to develop tools to be able to know, well, is this person Am I hearing God speak through the other person? And that's a whole other podcast in itself. The very first impulse is I have to be, that's what I have to be listening for. Mm. I mean, I'm listening to all of the things that I know we should be if we're being good little leaders. And that is to listen for the emotional content and listen for the content and listen for the, uh, just the context and how this is fitting within the person's story. But more than anything, amongst ourselves. We've got to be listening to what is God saying through this person?
3: I came across a quote this morning, and it, it just keeps coming back to me as we're talking. And it ties in not only with prayer, uh, but almost and listening to God's leadership, but the opposite, you know, listening to our own opinions. And it, it, it makes the connection between why prayer is so important and the vision of seeing people come to Jesus. Hmm. And then the quote went something like, I'll probably get it wrong. I'm not even. Sure, I didn't even recognize the name that it was attributed to, uh, but the quote went something like, "When all church people talk about is church people's opinions, their passion for the gospel has died." Mm. You know, when we're sitting around the table just soliciting our own opinions, we are going to move away from the vision of seeing people come back to the gospel, mm. because all of us get tired and all of us get weary and listen to the worst parts of ourselves the selfish parts of ourselves who want things the way we want them uh, and not necessarily to the voice that calls us to sacrifice anew so that someone else can find the, the good news of Jesus. Mm. and another, another home might come to salvation.
2: So I might even modify this, just the wording of this part of our cultural declaration and almost replace prayer with the phrase listening to God. Mm. Because that's truly the whole purpose of, it. we can, we can get off track in thinking that prayer is just this time, this prayer time, or yeah. this prayer that's said at the opening or the closing, or even this prayer that's said in the middle of a meeting. It's listening to God, and prayer is one of our foundational pathways to listening to God. There are others, there's scripture, and there are many other things, but Prayer is one of them, but listening to God, that's what truly matters. Now, there's another part of prayer that I i really think that we need to, and I think this was identified amongst the leadership group that met a while back, is that do we, the question, do we pray enough as a body when we're together? So in other words, do we create even uh, special prayer times? It seems like when you read through the book of Acts in the early church, uh, a number of things happened when people were gathered for prayer. So um, you know a miracle happens and somebody comes to the door and well, what are God's people doing? They're having a prayer meeting. They're praying you're, together.
3: You're thinking of uh, the story of where you know the one of the leaders, Peter had Peter, been, yeah. had been arrested. And the followers of Jesus had assembled to pray about what should be done about it. And God worked a miracle and freed Peter. And he's standing on the door pounding, saying, I'm free, let me in. (laughs) And the people are inside praying about, God, could you please free Peter? And they were so busy praying that they didn't bother to listen to the messenger that said, he's at the door.
2: I'm sure God meant that, like, (laughs) as a sense of humor. (laughs) too. you please
3: people? (laughs) (laughs) But the the point,
2: part of the sub-point there is that they were gathered for prayer. Yeah. And do we do that enough? And I, I think that we're, if we're taking a candid look at the life of our church, we don't do that enough. I, I think that I'm not saying we don't pray at all, but we, I would not be surprised if we planned more prayer events. In fact, one is in the works even as I, as I speak, just as we've identified that we need to pray more, whether it's through things like prayer vigils and huge swaths of time that we spend praying together, which would be fantastic and we need to do more. Or times when we get together to pray and praise God. Yeah. Uh, but we have to do that. That's so important in the life of our body as we listen to God and as we develop an obedient heart, prayer really softens that ground of our hearts. And so we need to find ways to get together to pray more as well.
3: Yeah, several things happen. You know, you you highlighted maybe the primary one there. If we're not praying, it's really really hard for us to grow individually or corporately in the ways of Christ. But then the other thing that happens when we gather together for prayer is that our own agendas get put on the back burner hmm. uh, very very quickly. It becomes clear, at least when I'm praying with God, what. What it is that it's about Micah, you know, if it was up to Micah, every single gathering would be uh, around a coffee shop and a coffee franchise and a coffee bar, but it turns out that God doesn't only speak through coffee, right? He, mm. uh, my agendas need to go into the back burner. And what happens when we gather for prayer is that when we're honestly pursuing Christ, our agendas move to the background. And God usually lays out something in front of us that we would have never thought of doing and is much riskier and is much more dangerous, but has everything to do with saving souls. Mm.
2: And, and that's really where I wanted to to go with the the last kind of topic that we talked about here. And that is, and it's usually around, I'm going to try to be as candid as I can here, around change. Because just like any other church, we have discussions about change and people find it difficult when we make changes. And I think we have to take responsibility that sometimes we don't communicate as clearly as we should, but I think there's more going on there. And uh, what what I found is how can we help people start to capture God's vision and even the way we go about doing that, of reaching new people for Jesus. And when we do that, I, I know that there are going to be things that we don't agree with in our own spirits. There are going to be changes that are difficult for us to accept. And there are going to be, our toes are going to be stepped on. All of our toes are going to be stepped on in this. And we get a critical choice when that happens. What am I going to do? Because when a change happens and it seems to affect me personally, I start to think about how it affects me personally. Mm. And I get caught into that loop then it's it's really you use the word uh used the term a while ago about echo chamber and I know that that has to deal with probably groups of people saying the same thing, but my own head can become an echo chamber yeah, too
3: you keep saying the same things back to yourself and you get so stuck in your own rut and convinced of your own messaging that you How could you possibly wrong? I've heard it 10,000 times. It must be right.
2: And so this is the, what I'm speaking about is when we speak to ourselves and we all do. It's not any form of, uh,
3: psychosis, right?
2: But we do talk to ourselves all the time we need to listen to God because God needs to break through that, whatever you want to call it, echo chamber or that self-talk. We need direction from God. And so I'm thinking, uh, and don't be surprised if in the next little while, if you come to me and you're really concerned about something that I ask you the question that, well, did you pray about this? And what did you hear God say? And I'm, If I do that, folks, please grant me some mercy. The reason I'm doing that is because I'm recognizing in your life and in mine, the most important thing that matters is what does God want? Mm -hmm. What does God say? What is God's opinion? What does he really care about? And it's a great, it's just a simple question that helps us to start thinking about that. Did you pray about that? And. Um, I want to say that to myself. So you feed it right back to me. You know, Corey, did you pray about that? What did you hear God saying about it,
3: Corey? As uh, we begin to head towards the the uh, time that we say goodbye in this particular podcast, uh, I I'm, can't help but look down at this value and see that there's three parts of it. And we spend a lot of time talking about prayer, which is the right thing to do. And I suspect if we end without praying, it would be a little bit hypocritical. But, uh, the other two components of it are, are words that you don't hear as much, especially in modern conversation. Petition and thanksgiving. Um, in your mind, what, like, what are those two things? And what do they, why do they belong in the same sentence as prayer?
2: Yeah. Petition is asking God of Got things of God, and so if you look at the uh, the Lord's Prayer, mm. because the disciples asked Jesus, "Well, how how should, how should we pray?" pray? And, I mean, <laughs> you know, if if you have God before you, this is a good question to yeah. ask Him.
3: How do you and, want me to talk to you?
2: And though God, the whole thing is a prayer. Jesus is praying to His Father, but some of the things He prays are, "Give us this day our daily bread." Yeah. Um,
3: forgive us our sins.
2: These are Needs. Asking things yeah. of God. And so sometimes they have to do with physical, tangible needs. Uh in as we gather together, I think that we do most churches do a good job of the petition part. Yeah. Asking God. God would you please heal our friend? Or God would you please work out this relationship that's really strained right now? We need to do that. We can't forget it. Um it's the listening to God part. See, often we think about petition in it truly does gravitate a little bit more towards us speaking to God, a little bit more of that old sense of a one-way prayer. Uh, Prayer is meant to be a two-way conversation. I'm sure we can find ways to do that in the petition, but the petition really in my mind is probably a little bit more of the asking God for things. Really important because we recognize that we're dependent on him when we do that.
3: I can't help but think of a friend of ours who's coming to his last days. That we've been asking God to uh, make right his relationship. Uh, this fellow was pretty upset by how life had gone and you know it's probably been a decade it feels like asking that God would bring healing to the, the relationship between him and, and Jesus. And we got word that you know in the Towards the end, he did, and that I mean sometimes petition is is a quick turnaround. God, I, I need a ride home tonight. Could you sense? Oh, hello, Corey. Thanks. Uh, but sometimes it's a it's a long stretch. And but my gosh, it's good when it comes through.
2: good reminder reminds me of the parable jesus said of the of the uh i think she was a widow um and she went to the judge just kept pounding on the door and jesus said that that he gave her her desire just so she would go away and the judge not jesus that's right so i mean it's Uh, There's a there's a laugh at the end, and you know again God's sense of humor is right there. But then it says that Jesus told that parable so that we should pray and not give up praying. Yeah, and so that petition is really important. The last part is Thanksgiving. I think we all know what that is, although it's not just a day of the year. It is a posture that we should take.
3: That's that's the National Football Day, isn't
2: it? Yeah, it's the posture we should take every time that we pray. So I think that. Every, um, time that we pray, whether it is a single prayer that we pray publicly or privately, or whether it is an extended time of prayer, we need to spend it thanking God for what he's done. Mm -hmm. Again, recognizes our dependence on him. Uh, again, thinking about the story of the lepers that came to Jesus, there was a whole crew of them that Jesus healed and they all, he told them to go to the the temple to get checked out and to get signed off on that they were okay. And one one of the lepers came back and he expressed gratitude to Jesus. And Jesus was really pleased by that. We need to take that posture as a church. That probably means that we need to celebrate milestones better than we do.
3: We always have something to be thankful about. Mm -hmm. I mean, the whole idea that we're turning to God to Pray to him is built on the assumption that our souls have been made right. Uh I mean at the very least that that's the beginning of Thanksgiving, but then every day there seems to be something that God's doing. Mm. You know, I I heard yesterday of one of uh, a youth in a friend's fellowship uh they were deep into self harming mm. uh and used to cut their wrists pretty frequently. And am I excited by a tattoo? Not really, but this is an awesome tattoo. She she had struggled with that uh, illness for a long time. And God had brought healing. And, she, you know, as a symbol of the healing, you know, after a couple of years, she went and had tattooed over the old site where all the scars were, uh, a series of symbols, which basically means God is greater than my ups and downs. Hmm. Right. I, I'm, I've been giving thanks for that for 24 hours now. You know, here's, here's something that God's done that I don't even know the girl that's in another friend's youth group. Uh, but it's still fantastic.
2: We need to find ways to do that as a church and yeah. uh, to stop. Uh, we need to make that a part of our regular worship times. And I think we try to do that through storytelling, but we need to find ways to, to uh, catch what God's doing and say thank you mm. to him as a church. It's good for our church. It's good for the soul. Well, uh, maybe uh, allow me to say a prayer, and then that you can sense. say goodbye to everybody. Father, I thank you for the shared work that we get to be in and for all the things that you're doing, for the people that you're leading to yourself, uh, the people that are deciding to follow you for the first time, the people that are growing, and that your spirit is transforming. Lord, I thank you that we get a chance to be a part of these transformed lives in the process. I pray, Lord, that you would cause the days to come in our church to be even greater than the days that were before. Mm. And Father, uh, it will be all for your glory. And pray that you teach us in these days to come too, to depend on you more in prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
3: Makes sense to say goodbye, folks. We'll talk to you in another week or two. And, uh, Uh, give thanks for what God's doing in our midst. Have a great day. Bye.